You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Oh, it's a great Saturday morning. We got the football draft upon us, the basketball and hockey playoffs underway, baseball too. So much happening here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk with the coach Ed Young uh, by remote. Matt Hatfield here with you in studio. We're pleased to be joined by a special longtime guest of the program. He's the editor and publisher of College Basketball News and the Minor Draft News. Does some freelance writing, all kinds of things when it comes to college and NBA hoops. And he's also a music and trivia fan, plus a semi-pro ping pong player, the one and only Chris Monter. How are you, my friend? Great to talk to you. Yeah, you're right. This is a great time of the year. I'm a big sports fan, obviously. Uh, and in Minnesota, unfortunately, our teams aren't super great. We haven't won a championship of any major for sports since 1991, but of course, like Ooh. Sunday, I'm going to the Twins game at 110, Wild playoff game at 5:30, and the Timberwolves game at 8:30, which might be the last Timberwolf game of the year. And then, like you said, we had the NFL draft coming up, so great time if you're a sports fan. Yeah, I know it's been a hard luck for Vikings fans down way. It's funny we had on many a times the former my, one of my former partners uh, on TV side of things that was the Virginia Tech voice, John Laser, and he he is. Uh, had some rough moments with the Minnesota Vikings and that Gary Anderson kick, but uh, I called you last night and you were at the Wolves Nuggets game number three. Game number two was a crazy game. I want to get your take on for a second that series here, Chris, before I bring in Ed. And uh, game two, the Nuggets are up 21 second quarter. I'm literally about to turn it off and go to sleep and just call it a night. This game's not going to be a game. I stay with it till halftime. I got to 15. I look back at the TV. Next thing you know, the Wolves are down three. Then they get up three. That was a wild game, and Jamal Murray put him on his back to offset Anthony Edwards' 40-piece performance. But uh, the Wolves showed some fight in game two, game number three. A little bit of fight, not as successful, but they've been getting a lot of talk, uh, maybe not so much on the positive side because they had some guys go at each other with Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. End of the season in that crazy game they won against the Pelicans. They had a big lead against the Lakers in the play-in, lost that, recovered, and beat the Pels handily. A lot of, you feel like, uh, up and down roller coaster with them, and they could be doing better than they are. What's your feeling on them as a team and then this series and how underrated Denver is? Well, yeah, right. You bring up some great points. The fight, I think, is the key word with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. As the, the last game of the year, as you mentioned, the Pelicans, all of a sudden, Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert go at it during halftime. Rudy tries to punch Kyle and then gets tossed from the game. They actually tried to dust it up in the locker room at halftime, and they basically just sent Kyle home and then suspended him for the playing game. And then Jaden McDaniels was frustrated with some calls he got defensively. He's one of the most talented defenders, I think, in the league. He's got a great job on players like Steph Curry, Julius Randle, uh, Luka Doncic, especially in late-minute situations, preserving wins for the Timberwolves, went to punch a curtain. I don't know why, but you would think if you have a curtain, there's something probably holding it up. He didn't supposedly realize it, punches the curtain, and unfortunately his hand hits the brick wall behind it, and then fractures his hand. So he's out. Nas Reed, who's been a very key, valuable free agent, uh, undrafted free agent from three years ago who's been a key player. So they're missing two key players. But, you know, everybody has injuries. So. Uh, but you're right. Uh, that has really hurt them. And you're right. I think Denver is a team, to be honest, everybody in the West Co- Western Conference was talking more about Golden State, the defending champion, even though they're only a sixth seed, or talking about teams like 
Uh, Phoenix now getting Kevin Durant, you know, or even Memphis. You know, nobody was really talking about Denver, but, you know, they're a very talented team. They won 52 games in the regular season, have a potential three-time MVP in, in Jokic. Um, as you mentioned, Joe Mur- Jamal Murray hit, hitting all those clutch shots, kind of playing like he did in the bubble a couple, a couple of years ago where he showed signs that he might make that me- next jump. And I think the other key player, I know it's a player that – uh, your old friend Tony Mercurio hates Michael Porter Jr. Who oh yeah, Missouri. for only a few games he always brings up Michael Porter Jr. Hates but, that guy. You know, he had a great, yeah, he hates that guy. But he had 25 last night. All five of their starters scored in double figures. And you know, I always think, especially in the postseason, you know, teams tighten up their banks. They only play eight or nine players as opposed to maybe 10 or 11. So I always think the bench is actually maybe a little bit more important in the postseason. Last last night. Because, again, Minnesota losing a couple of players, their bank's a little thinner. Denver outscores Minnesota 29-10. And usually the, the, the thought process is your bench usually plays better at home. And we saw that in the other games. You know, the Knicks outscored Cleveland off, off the bench 39-14. And Atlanta, they outscored the bench 44-35. So usually your bench plays better at home. But that was a big factor for Denver. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason because they made a, you know they won 46 games last year were the seventh seed, got in the playoff, playing game, won the first game, made the playoffs last year, played Memphis tough. Uh, they had three games where they had double-digit leads, 15 or more point leads, and blew those leads last year. And they felt against Memphis they didn't have enough rebounding, enough defense. So they made a big trade, got Rudy Gobert, traded five players and five picks. Uh, I was questionable about the trade from the get-go. I didn't really care about the players because you look, Pat Beverly, now with Cleveland, uh, Malik Beasley now with the Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt, who I kind of liked, a good defensive blue guy, uh, now with the Lakers. Oh, he's done well with LA, hadn't he? He's been great with LA, hadn't he? Yeah, he's been good. But I mean, they're, they're, you know, you have to trade somebody. So sure. you know, they didn't trade anybody. You know, Walker Kessler. In hindsight, you probably would almost rather have him than Rudy Gobert because he's had a great rookie season for Utah. You know, good point. Giving them a lot of shot blocking presence, and and then they have another kid, Leonardo Barbero, who they basically just cut. But the thing I don't like is you give up all those draft picks. They give up five draft picks. And you look in the draft, obviously, you want to have the high, high picks. But if you look 19, which is where I kind of figure, worst case, if you're a playoff team, you draft 19 to 30. If you look, every year there's usually four or five guys that are pretty good players that late in the first round. And you're not going to hit on every one of them. But say if you hit on two out of those five picks, you know, you're getting, you know, to be honest, cheaper players because you have some big contracts. Gobert makes $45 million. Towns makes $40 million. Anthony Edwards is going to make major money once his contract is over. He's only in his third year. You know, I felt the draft picks were a bigger loss, and, you know, the, it hasn't really worked. Carl Anthony Towns missed 21 games with uh, 52 games with an injury. Him and Gobert haven't really meshed together. Gobert doesn't have great hands, you know, doesn't have much range, not a great free throw shooter, and he kind of clogs up in the middle. When you want Anthony Edwards, who – you know, we'll take the ball to the hoop against anybody. He shoots a little too many threes for my liking. But, you know, the mesh doesn't really work, and I, I feel like they're going to probably have to trade somebody. And I think Gobert's value is so low right now. Maybe you almost have to trade Carl Anthony Towns in the offseason and kind of try and rebuild the team around Edwards and to maybe a little lesser extent, McDaniels. Yeah, that would be wild if they did that, but they could certainly explore that opportunity to move Cat and see if they get some better assets from that. And uh, it's been rough for Rudy Gobert. It doesn't look like the same three-time NBA defensive player the year he once was. And as they bring in the coach, Ed Young, he can relate to Rudy Gobert who punched Kyle Anderson because Ed has wanted to punch me numerous times but has yet to do it. Hey, Chris, great to hear from you. Um, no, I don't, I'm, that's wrong. I'm never looking to punch uh, 
um, um, what's his name? Matt. Lies, lies. What's his name? Oh, thanks a lot there, Ed. Because, maybe, because maybe a light tap. Maybe a light tap, not a punch. Though. Light tap, yeah. Well, well Chris, you, you've been in our circle long enough. You and I both understand why Matt is like he is. So why, why get physical with him? Just let him run his course. He does a lot of great things, so it'll all even out at the end. But Chris, I gotta ask you. I'm gonna. I had something else in mind, and I'll come back to it. But you mentioned it. The NBA teams, some of the teams, or most of the teams, treat these doggone first-round picks, future first-round picks, like gifts on an Oprah Winfrey show. You know, everybody's getting them. What? Why? I think you did touch on it. You don't know what you're going to get, and it's better to get what you need now because who knows what the future holds. But I mean, you got teams throwing first-round picks out which you would never see, I don't think, in football. Comment on that if you would. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously I care a lot about the draft because I wrote, I used to do a newsletter that I would mail out to subscribers, you know, pre-internet days and still talk the NBA draft a lot. But you're right. You look at DeJounte Murray, I think he's a great example for Atlanta, had 25 points. He was a late first-round pick. You know, you look at Draymond Green, an early second-round pick. There's a lot of players you're going to get. Even you look at Giannis was, the you know, the 14th pick in the draft. So, I just feel like, and I always look at it, if I'm an NBA owner and I have a player who doesn't play, who's the 12th or 13th man, and I find he's making $10 million, I think, wow, we probably could find somebody who looks as good sitting in his warm-ups, you know, making $1 million. So, yeah, I always feel like, why not, you know, you're going to have your high-priced talent, your your talented stars, but, you know, your 11th through 15th man should probably make, you know, near the minimum uh, especially they're not going to play a lot, and who knows? Maybe one of those, one or two of those players develop. You know, uh, you know Malcolm Brogdon, another name, had you know was six man of the year, former NBA rookie of the year, player you guys are familiar with because it was days in uh, at Virginia, but he was a second round pick. So it just shows you that yeah, I I don't understand why teams don't value, and you even see teams in the second round basically trading or selling those picks, and you know obviously you're not going to hit it hit on every player, but, you know, if, I, I feel like, you know, you're basically getting a lottery ticket, you know, uh, and and you might not hit on, you know, all 20 lottery tickets, but one or one or two. And like I said, there's a lot of players that are even undrafted players. Nas Reed averaged almost double figures throughout the season. You know, you look in the going way, way back, you know, in the day, you know, there are a lot of players who were uh, NBA all-stars or players who had very long NBA careers who went undrafted. So I think, uh, to make a trade and, you know, you, you even see, you know, Paul George, you know, Oklahoma City got like four first-round picks. Kevin Durant, his trade netted the net, you know, multiple first-round picks. And, you know, you look at Oklahoma City, you know, people kind of laughed at them. For years, all they did was seemingly have first-round picks. But this year, they were a pretty good team, uh, especially in the second half of the season. They were about as good as anybody in the Western Conference. Now you add Chet Holmgren, uh, Minnesota kid, who unfortunately missed the whole season. Needs to get a little bit stronger still, but I think a, a sitting for a year probably will help him. And then you add another couple first-round picks, and maybe they get lucky and get Victor Wembanyama, uh, the expected number one pick. All of a sudden, Oklahoma City could be a team to watch for for a long time. Oh, if they got Victor to go with Chet and Shea Gilgeous-Alexander, that would be incredible, Chris. Yeah, definitely. And they got some other good players. You look at you know Josh Giddy. I love his game. Uh, Jalen Williams, who was one of the two Jalen Williams they have on the team. So it's a little bit confusing when you watch it at times. But uh, I think I think he might be number two in the rookie of the year. So uh, 
you're right. Uh, Oklahoma City can be a fun fun team to watch. Obviously, the question with them is can they keep those players? That's what you know cost them Durant, you know Harden and Westbrook eventually. But uh, all of a sudden, you start winning and you get a winning experience with those young players, and maybe they want to stick around. We're talking with Chris Monter about the NBA playoffs here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 at 7.57 Saturday Sports Talk. Before I kick it back to Ed, I do want to know, uh, Chris, as we look at some of these playoff series, let's look at the Celtics-Hawks last night. Atlanta won sort of unexpectedly, 130-122. to They shot incredible with Trey Young leading the way, DeJounte Murray. But this team has been a little bit like the Eastern Conference version of the Wolves. It feels that they could be dismantled here moving forward. We know about the coaching change midseason from Nate McMillan to Quinn Snyder. Will Trey Young be there beyond uh, this series after the 32.9 assists, six rebound effort a night ago. They do have John Collins, who's been on the trading block with some people's eyes here. Uh, what's your take on that series? Uh, can they really give the Celtics a, a battle here, or is this that was a fluke last night? Celtics take this done and get this done in five, and B, what the Atlanta future looks like? Yeah, you're right. I, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. I wouldn't have been surprised if Boston went in one, one and four, and I won't be surprised if Boston wins in five, but I give Atlanta a lot of credit. You're right. This is a big offseason for them. Trey Young. You know, his relationship with the last two coaches, Coach Pierce and, as you mentioned, Nate McMillan, have led to those two coaches no longer being employed by the Atlanta Hawks. But I give them a lot of credit. And if you had told me that Boston was going to make 21 threes, shoot almost 44% from the three-point range, I figured, oh, Boston wins, and it's 3-0. So I give Atlanta a lot of credit. You know, like I said, the big scoring was key, but I think the key factor was the rebounding. Out-rebounding Celtics 48-29, to you know, uh, Tatum, Jason Tatum had a great game, as always, 29-10. and 10, But Jalen Brown, 15 points. They did a good job on him. Can Atlanta win game four at home? I don't know, I'm not sure. I, I think Boston's a better team. So I think they wrap it up. But I do give Atlanta at least credit for winning one game because I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see them get swept, to be honest. Hey, Chris, um, so much to ask you, but let's get into the big to- one of the biggest topics, load management. And being an old schooler coach for many years, I just have a hard time seeing players say, I kind of hurt. I, I don't feel good today. I'm not going to play. When we used to see guys in the past play with neck braces, face masks, Jordan playing with the flu, all the stuff we've seen, especially in the playoffs. I think it hurts the NBA's image to the general casual fan that the players already don't take regular season serious. Now they're taking time off. It really wasn't addressed in the latest CBA, other than the fact that if you want to win, be eligible for an award, you got to play in, I think, 65 of the games, which I thought was stupid because most players I don't really think care about awards, especially after three or four years in the league. I, I don't, yeah, I really don't like load management on the road. If I pay $200 to go watch um, the, the Charlotte Hornets play and, and, you know, the Warriors are coming into town and Seth Curry decides to take off. You know, maybe one of the main reasons I went drove all the way down there, spent all that money, get a hotel room, see Seth Curry play live, now he's not playing. Why can't they put a rule in that says if you do load management, A, the NBA has the doctor to check it, there's nothing wrong with you. If you just did it, has. Am I crazy to put that kind of rule in? Well, you're right. I don't like load management. And unfortunately, sometimes it does work. I hate to say that, but, you know, I think a good example is Cleveland. I'm originally from Ohio. And I know when the Warriors played Cleveland, they basically didn't play any of their big stars and somehow won that game. So, I mean, 
But, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to talk to a coach because I always like to think I think of good ideas, but who knows? I never know what to do with them. But I always thought if I were a coach, and maybe you can tell me I'm completely crazy, if I pl- have an NBA player, say I play him the first eight minutes of the first quarter, sit him the last minute, four minutes of the first quarter, and he sits out the break in between the first and second quarter. Then I play him the first eight minutes of the second period, he sits out the last four minutes, and sits out, you know, halftime. Same, same at the end of the game. Eight minutes, sits out four, has the third quarter break, play, sits out the first four, and then the last eight minutes goes. And, you know, then you're playing 32 minutes. You know, I don't feel – I don't really understand, you know, the Knicks, I think, are an example. And it's working this year, but it hasn't worked always with, with Thibodeau because he wants to play all those guys 45 minutes or 42 minutes. And I feel like they break down then. But why not just play players maybe 32 minutes? You have a bench there. You know, it's not like a high school team or, a, you know, an AAU team where you have, you know, five great players and then five that aren't so good. You know, even the worst NBA player was an all-star somewhere, you know, somewhere. So I always thought, why not just play these guys the last minute during the regular season, try and get them to play more games. I do like, you know, the all-star thing and the first team all-star thing. Although my concern is if you have a limit of 65 games, I feel like everybody's going to play 66 games, you know, all the stars. Because they'll want to make sure they pass the threshold, but barely. But again, I, th- I think a lot of it, you know, if you talk to the players, I'm sure some of it is the team more than, you know, the player. Obviously, Dallas didn't want to play any of their stars at the end of the year because they want to protect their potential lottery pick. So I don't know if it's Luka Doncic wanting to sit out. I think it was the team saying, hey, we don't necessarily re- really want to win this game. Um, but you're right. I definitely think it's a problem. But the other problem, you know, if you're a season ticket holder paying a lot of money for the Warriors home games, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of money and all of a sudden find out Steph Curry's not there. You know, I've had friends say, Hey, I go to Hamilton or a play. It'll tell me that the star of the show is not in. And here's the understudy. You know, they, they give you a little bit of heads up. It'd be nice. Sometimes if the NBA teams did a little bit better job. Uh, I know I was at a game earlier this year, uh, versus the uh, Clippers, and the two people sitting in front of me were both had uh, Kawhi Leonard jerseys. Uh, the bad thing was they played Denver the night before. The other thing I'd love to see the NBA try to not have back-to-backs. I know you have to somewhat, and they've actually cut them down a lot. But they said that they drove all the way from North Dakota, you know, which is a, you know, about a seven, eight-hour drive from the part of North Dakota they were at, to Minnesota to you know, wear their Kawhi Leonard, Leonard jerseys. And, of course, he doesn't even play. I mean, the sad thing is, if you were a Kawhi Leonard fan, you probably should have guessed back-to-back games. The odds are probably not that good he's going to play. But you're right. They had pretty decent seats. I'm sure they spent a lot of money driving, probably staying in the hotel, getting some food, whatever, only to not see him play. So you're right. I definitely think it would happen. We're even seeing a little bit more in baseball. I know uh, Byron Buxton uh, you know, is, is basically just DHing right now to kind of give him some rest. Uh, Minnesota, you know, a lot of times last year, even Carlos Correa, a star, you know, would have him sit up, you know, like a, a day game after a night game. So you're even seeing that more in baseball. I don't think we'd see it nearly to that level in football and hockey. Those guys are just incredible. The one guy gets, I think, 75 skitches and comes back later that game. So I don't think hockey will ever have load management. But you're right, it's definitely a concern. I'm hoping some of these changes. But again, I, I just look at why not just play the guys the last minutes of the regular season. Like even even if you know you you probably have an easy game. You know, why, why can't Steph Curry play 24 minutes someday against, you know, Houston? You know, Houston probably doesn't want to win the game anyway. They want to get a, a high pick. That way, Steph Curry at least plays for those fans, especially, like you said, in the West Coast versus East Coast where you only play that team once. You know, that's frustrating. And le- same thing happened last year due, due to injuries and other things. 
we had, I think, back-to-back games where Steph Curry, Damon Lillard, and uh, Giannis didn't play in the three games in a row for Minnesota. So, you know, Minnesota won, so I guess fans were happy about that. But obviously a lot of people were here to see those three superstars. A few more minutes here with Chris Mantra, the Mantra Draft News College Basketball News as we go through the NBA playoffs. Four games today involving Philadelphia at Brooklyn, Suns at the Clippers, Bucks at the Heat, Grizzlies at the Lakers. No Joel Embiid for game number three. No Kawhi Leonard for game number four in those first two games. It is Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You're home through the NBA Finals, and it is 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Ed? Hey, getting back to that, Chris, um, real quick, and I'm going to be labor on a certain point. You know, if you, how about this? And I know it's not really need to be talked about because it'll never happen. If you sit out on an away game, then they dock you that game's paycheck, and then that paycheck goes to that city maybe for a uh, um, some type of cause in that city. That if you're going to sit out, uh, it doesn't help the fans who don't want to come to see you play, but it helps out in a way. But of course, the player uh, union would never agree to that docking the guy's pay. But my thing is. If you're not hurt, you're cheating the fans. I mean, you signed up to be a pro. You already know it's 82 games. You're good enough. You're going to get in the playoffs. I'm not I, – I don't mind back-to-back games. Um, I don't think you should have a lot of them. But I, if you're playing home back-to-back, I don't think it's a big deal. The big deal is if you're traveling and have to play the next night. That's, that's an issue that the league would have to work out. Your point about asking me as a coach, why not just play a guy a certain amount of time well, now you're going to run into a problem where a player might say, hey, man, I'm not playing just 10 minutes. It's going to hurt my scoring average. I have an incentive clause. I need to hit X amount of points or i got to play X amount of minutes to get an extra million. Some, that could become into effect where a player's union probably won't go for that one either. But anyways, load management I think is an issue. And being an old schooler, when you saw those guys go at it hard, it's hard now to see guys just simply say, well, I need to rest. If you're hurt, I get it. In high school, if I have a kid that's been playing a lot of minutes and I could see the wear and tear happening, and we only played 22 games, I will not let that kid do much in practice. I'll let him do maybe stretches, a couple drills, and then I'll keep him on the sideline because I know he's going to play in the game. He hears what's going on. He don't need to run up and down. He doesn't need to do extra conditioning. He's okay. So that's my load management is I just take practice time away save the wear and tear on their legs, especially we go later in the year. But let me jump into real quick, because uh, I know we got to move, Chris. The playoffs started, Matt and I argued. I said only Boston, Milwaukee, and the East have a shot, and Denver and Phoenix. Now it looks like I'm going to be proven wrong. These Kings are for real. And, of course, Philly is good, but I just thought Milwaukee and Boston are better. So uh, let's talk a little bit more, if you would, on – And it's funny how all these people all of a sudden are saying, dang, these Kings are good. Look at this Fox guy. Look who's Malik Monk. Well, we never get to see him play much, but they've been good since they've been in the league. Go go ahead and talk about maybe the Kings and Sixers. Yeah, I think that Kings Warriors series is going to be a great series. Uh, One of my best friends is the Golden State announcer, Tim Roy, does a great job. You know, uh, people, you know, set pretty much, I bet you if you ask 100 people, 95 would have picked the Warriors just because, the Warriors are the Warriors, and you figure they're going to win. But you're right. The Sacramento Kings, who haven't been in the playoffs in 16 years, are a very, very good team. You mentioned De'Aaron Fox won the Clutch Player of the Year. Sabonis has been a great addition after that trade with Indiana. Malik Monk's got a great job coming off the bench. Keegan Murray, very good rookie. Uh, Herder, who they got from Atlanta, good outside shooter. So they're just a good young team. Harrison Barnes, kind of a little bit of veteran. So they're a fun team. Uh, 
I, I kind of wish neither of those teams would lose because I actually like both of those teams. I think they're fun teams to watch because they like to push. Uh, Sacramento, highest scoring team in the league. Uh, Steph Curry, I just love him. He's born the same day as me. I like to think I'm a pretty good three-point shooter, not to that level, obviously, but so I kind of like him because he's Ohio, <laughs> born in Ohio, born March 14th like me. So, uh, But you're right. I, I think there are maybe no favorite. I think Milwaukee, to me, is still the best team in the East, but Boston, I think, is close. And you're right, Philly, you know, I still wonder about a team with Harden and Bede sometimes. They're talented players, but they just haven't really won anything, and that's the thing I always – Wonder with those two. But in the West, you're right. I think Denver is kind of an under-radar number one, but you have Memphis, who are uh, definitely capable of making a strong run. Golden State, you know, very good team. You know, the Lakers still, you know, I don't think they have enough talent to go around, although I like the moves they made to add some talent, you know, getting a Beasley, a Vanderbilt, Hachimura, you know, those additions, you know. Uh, again, when you got LeBron and Anthony Davis, I'm not going to say I'm going to – vote against you, but I think their age might keep them from, you know, getting as far as obviously they want to, but you're right, the West, Phoenix, if Durant and everybody is healthy, they're as good as anybody, you know, they have as good a starting five as anybody in the league, despite treading uh, Bridges, who I love, who's been a great player for the Nets. Um, but you're right, I, I think this is a wide open NBA, and I think this is going to make it kind of fun to watch, because uh, I could see definitely one of five or six teams maybe winning it all. We'll get you on this, Chris, and we appreciate the time. We'll get you back on either during the finals or the NBA draft. In 60 seconds or less, give me your finals pick. Who wins East versus West? And you can brag about it later when you're right, or we'll criticize you when you're wrong. <laughs> well, I still want to pick Milwaukee. I think they're just a little bit better than Boston, especially if Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday are healthy. I think, to be honest, if those three would have been healthy last year, I think they would have beat Boston. Uh, the West, I still think it's convoluted. You know, I definitely can see Phoenix, Golden State. Uh, making a run, uh, but just seeing Denver up close in person last night, I was very impressed with them. I think they play extremely well together. I think Coach Malone is a very underrated coach, so I would take the, the two number one seeds right now, Denver versus Milwaukee. There you go. That's what I had last week on the show. You're a smart man. The one and only Chris Mantra with us from the Mantra Draft News College Basketball News. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk again soon. I hope so. Thanks, Gigging guys. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. That is the great Chris Monter talking some hoops with us. We'll have him on again talking some NBA draft as they get closer here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. More to do here. 757-687-9494. It's 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, presented by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, you call 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King with the Coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield, AJ Risser, other side of the glass. And, uh, Ed, there's a story that came out last night in the Inside Nova, InsideNova.com, from Dave Fawcett, where the headline reads, Virginia public high school athletes on the verge of profiting from NIL deals. And the Virginia High School League is moving toward allowing high school athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. You've heard about NIL with college athletes. Well, here it is in the Commonwealth. In January, the league's executive committee recommended a proposal by a vote of 31 to nothing to permit athletes to earn money through things like autographs and personal appearances, among other items. The proposal goes to a second vote coming up on May 3rd, and it's expected to pass. If it does get approved on a second vote by a two-thirds majority, it goes into effect this July, July the 1st. 
And the proposal says athletes can profit from the following product endorsements, personal appearances, autograph sessions, merchandise or apparel sales, group licensing, acting as a social media influencer. Ed's a social media influencer on Facebook, I guess. Anyhow, he's not an athlete. Athletes may not be compensated, however, if they use money from a potential NIL deal to determine enrollment at a school or membership on a team, or if they use any item that associates them with their high school, district, region, or the VHSL, such as uniforms, logos, marks, mascots, etc. In addition, the proposal says students may not engage in any NIL activities involving displaying or endorsing the following categories of products and services, such as alcohol products, tobacco and electronic smoking products and devices, adult entertainment products and services, opioids and prescription pharmaceuticals, controlled dangerous substances, casinos and gambling, no vandal or straps kings for that, including sports betting, weapons, firearms, and ammunition. Also, no school or anyone employed by or affiliated with a member's school, including booster clubs, coaches, administrators, alumni, or an NIL collective may solicit, arrange, or negotiate compensation for a student's NIL other than their own child. Now, this proposal has been a national trend, both at the collegiate, obviously, and high school level. There are currently 25 states, including AJ's beloved Maryland. No, it's not the Maryland Terps, but the state of Maryland, that have already implemented NIL deals for high school athletics, according to businessofcollegesports.com. Now, some coaches have some differing opinions, such as Mike Colangelo, baseball coach at Colgan, who says the way he looks at it, kids should be able to market themselves. However, he does say we don't want this turning into the wild, wild west. As long as it's fair, I have no problem with it. Patriot head basketball coach Sherman Rivers, who we called his state championship game against Hayfield back in March on the NFHS Network, lost to Hayfield. He said this is the nature of the beast. If the kids are good enough to benefit from it, why not? Battlefield head football coach Greg Hatfield says the proposal. By the way, no relation with that Greg Hatfield. Uh, he says if it's approved, it could open a Pandora's box. There could be more pressure on kids to make decisions, says Hatfield. Greg Hatfield, not Matt Hatfield. That's not easy. Easy. And others have been outspoken, including former Osborne basketball coach Rocky Carter, who says money has ruined this game. Basketball has not been pure for a while. The rich gets richer. All right, Ed, your take on all of this. And do know we have to get off the air by 12 noon and have to take our next break in the next, I guess, 10 minutes or so. Okay. Are you kidding me? All right. Is the delay button on? It is. We think. Is AJ's finger over the mute button? We think. That's we terrible. Hope. We hope. I, I don't know which way. I want to sound intelligent, and I was always taught, don't talk about stuff you don't know all the details about. But I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to be ignorant about this. Uh-oh. How in the blank can you add something like this on a high school level, BHSL? I'll keep it in state. When you can't even fix a damn regional or state basketball schedule, let alone the other sports. Now you're going to allow kid autograph session. Who the heck goes out in high school to sit down for an autograph session? You've got to be kidding me. Who's pushing what products? Half these kids got to be able to push the doggone buttons on a computer to get the doggone grades. We're going to pay them to get grades? You already got a lot of shysters out there who taking kids and recruiting them illegally all over the place. Now you give them ammunition. To have boosters, yes, they're going to do it. Have people in, in the in the business, car dealer, whatever, hey, you can pay this kid, but I'm not allowed to set it up, so I'm not involved. So I'm going to give you the kid's number, call the parents and say, boy, I'm going to get fired on every job possible. This is one of the most asinine decisions made, all 25, 26 states, 
These are people supposed to be entrusted in making the right decisions for the fact. How about putting the coaches in a room and let us make a decision on what the heck is supposed to be happening with our athletes? This is one of the most dumbest things I've ever heard, to pay high school athletes for their compensation for what? What are we trying to teach these kids? Just throw them out in the market and give them money? you got to be kidding me. We can't even fix it on the college level and look what the heck it's caused there. And there is a high school portal, by the way, too. And every time now I'm hearing college players, you just mentioned it early, kid from Oscar Smith getting ready to go to his third school. Why not make it four in four years? You know, this is a joke. And I'm glad sooner, much sooner than later, I'll be out of this business because it's a joke to stay in it and coach the way we were raised to coach and the way you're supposed to teach these kids. Let's teach them about sportsmanship. Let's teach them about how to come back from losing. Let's teach them how to win being humble. Let's, let's teach them what practice really means and why it's important to come to it. I'm just tired of all this BS crap, and now we're throwing more into it about NIL deals for high school. When are we going to go down and give the 6th and 7th graders their shot of NIL with their baby pictures? Let's go back and pay the kids for having their baby pictures showed up because we never asked them when they were a baby to show their picture. So let's go back and pay them now for that crap. I'm telling you, this is a joke. And I will sit face-to-face with any administrator that wants to talk about it and try to tell me, well, Ed, if we don't do it and the parent takes us to court, the judge is going to – well, let me talk to that stupid judge, too. Let them spend some time in the classroom and and trying to educate these high school kids on how life should be. We can't even do prayers in school. We allow – I had a classroom the other day. We stood for the Pledge of Allegiance. Two kids out of 37 stood, and I'm not allowed to say a word to the other one sitting down. And not one of them have a bona fide reason to be sitting down at the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't like what our country's done, they go somewhere else. I don't like a lot of the things to do either, but I understand what respect is because I was taught the right way. I'm just tired of this stuff, and now they want to bring up NIL. Man, I can't talk anymore because I'm going to say the wrong language. Everybody stay calm. Stay the comments expressed by one coach, Ed Young, do not necessarily reflect the views of Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 or Max Media LLC. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on this 22nd day of April. If you want to chime in with what Ed had to say and this NIL story, give us a call at 757-687-9494. That's area code 757-687-9494. You can also tweet us at 757 Sports Talk. Will Ed Young have a player that makes more often NIL deal than he makes on his coaching stipend? Give us a call if you have a take on that at 757-687-9494. It is the coach's favorite radio station. Go ahead. What is it? it, it, it I make $4,200 a year coaching. $4,200. Oh, you're, if, you get a if you get a 6'10 kid, he'll have you beat within a week. He'll have you beat within a week if, if you get a 6'10 kid, which is a big if. You're going you're gonna to have the fifth-rated player in a private school that was recruited in make 10 times more than me. you got to be kidding me on this stuff about <sighs> NIL deals. It's, oh, Lord Jesus, let me – Lord, you put your hand on both my shoulders because I need it. We'll take a time out. More to do here. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. 
That's a pretty appropriate intro. In our last few minutes and final segment of this edition of 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law. With the coach, Ed Young, I am Matt Hatfield, A.J. Rister, other side of the glass. The phone lines are open at 757-687-9494, but you better hurry up and get in here quickly because we just spoke about Virginia public high school athletes on the verge of profiting from NIL deals with the Virginia High School League if that gets passed in July and somebody wants to chime in on that and we go to the phones and say hello to Lamont and Newport News. Good morning, Lamont. How are you today? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Um, So I just wanted to go ahead and chime in on it, Uh, Coach hit it right in the nail. Uh, this whole thing is, is pretty ludicrous because of the fact of I don't understand. They don't think about the child. They think about making money, the pressures that it's going to put on these kids if they don't make it, if they don't have enough popularity, uh, the type of money that they're going to make. They're not ready for this stuff. You got kids that are in college that are not ready for this stuff. Guys that are in, in uh, basically that play pro, a lot of those guys are not ready for this. The pressures that you are putting on these kids is, you know, you, you're going to cause them to do more harm to themselves than anything else. You know, I, I wish they would really look at the ramifications of what it's going to do to these kids if they start getting paid. What are they going to do if the kid doesn't get paid a certain amount of money? What are they going to do, sue? I mean, how do you know what the real image and likeness is for a child that is in high school? Really? I mean, that's that's absurd, more so than anything else. And I enjoy the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for Take calling care. in and expressing your comments and uh, views, Lamont. I think he, he just absolutely hit that on the, on the nose there to follow up your uh, mini rant and expression, Ed, because I think this opens up more unanswered questions than solutions if this does go into effect in his past. And we're not saying that maybe an athlete doesn't deserve it, but I think the negative ramifications that come out of this, that maybe the positive benefits could far outweigh, not be close, but far outweigh what it is intended to do. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, the athletes don't deserve it, period. Anybody want to argue with me, fine. It's going to be the so-called modern type people now that say, Oh, man, you're just the old guy yelling about get off my lawn. No, I'm taking a stand on it. It's, it's ridiculous. These kids need to learn a whole lot. of. Lamont said it right. We got pros, pros that can't handle the extra money or the money coming to them because they were never taught the proper way. They were handed things in high school. They, they, their grades were given to them. Their butts were kissed all the way through up through college. And now you see the, the ramification as being a pro. You got the wrong people around them trying to handle their money. It's people stealing their money because they don't know how to handle the damn money. And now we're going to go down into the high school because, well, there ain't much we can say to it. Well, the Constitution said, you know what? I'm tired of that crap, too. The Constitution needs change. It was written, what, 1776? We didn't have anything back then that we have now. Change that, too. These doggone kids need to understand what life's all about and how you earn it. You want to make money? Go out and get a part-time job. Deliver newspaper. Cut grass. We did it, and we came out okay with it. So I'm tired of hearing people say, well, you don't understand. It's a new day. You understand these kids are different. No, that's why we got issues, because we're, we entitle these kids. Parents don't know how to be parents because they had a kid they shouldn't have had. If you don't understand how to, to raise a kid the right way, they don't have it. And if the kid's going to play sports, it's a privilege. It's not necessarily their right. They've got to earn stuff. 
and I know I've been ranting too much, but I'm telling you this stuff bothers me because I'm in the business to try to help a kid learn the right way. I'm all for giving kids extra if they deserve extra, but we live in a society where everybody's supposed to get a trophy because they tried their best. Well, you know what? In life, that don't work. You have to produce, period. Well, I think we got less than 60 seconds, Ed, so we can't go. We'll have to uh, continue this conversation, which I'm sure we will in the coming weeks as we move closer to July the 1st to see if this gets approved. And I think most people probably share that same opinion and thoughts that you. The one thing I would caution you in saying this is that, look, the kids didn't bang on doors and say, we need this. this these are adults that are That's making this decision. So let's not blame the kids. One second. Hold on. Let's not no, blame not, the I know I'm you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. But my point is, these are adults moving towards this decision. So it's not the kids' fault that this may ultimately get passed and eventually happen. I know you did not say that, but I think some will then want to take this out on any kid that does get an opportunity. Like I've said from the very beginning with college, it's not it's not uh, Johnny's fault or Susie's fault at Miami or Texas Tech or Alabama if a business foolishly, in my opinion, maybe not, you know, some others have a different opinion, want to give them that. That's that prerogative or that business's prerogative and their dopey decision in my eyes if they do that. And the same would apply to high school on an even higher, crazier, zanier level. Well, we're out of time. Ed, we'll do it again next week here as we move closer to the month of May. We want to thank our guests, which includes Shane Hallam, Chris Monter, Tony Elliott of UVA. You feel better? You got it all off your chest and out of your system? No, I'll be in. I'll be, be coming in there. This, this story is not done, and I got a lot more to say. Well, we'll hear part two next week. We thank A.J. Risser for not getting us fired and thrown off the air as Ed expressed his views. It is the coach's favorite radio station, 757 Saturday Sports Talk on... Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Love it to death. Good job. You didn't cuss. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week.